This is The Politics of Everything, and I'm your host, Amber Danes. Welcome to the podcast where we want to discuss the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment to equality, and much more. Our guests are experts in their field or topic of choice, even if you've not yet heard their name. This is a bipartisan podcast, so while we love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate, by no means is this a one-sided forum for any one political view. So please listen up and enjoy the politics of everything. Confidence is the hallmark of great self-esteem, yet many of us struggle with harnessing full confidence, especially up against the sterilised success stories and filtered images on social media. These in the world of physical perfection can often shift how we feel about our lives, shaking our confidence when we're not on top of our careers, our relationships, or our health. Today, I'm interviewing Tracy Jewell, who's a mother, author, professional speaker, and award-winning businesswoman in the marketing and communications world. She's also been a reality TV show star, having taken part in the recent Married at First Sight series, a show which surely demands you muster up mountains of confidence. Tracy is a survivor of both cervical cancer and domestic violence, and today she's an ambassador for Kiss Violence Against Women Goodbye. Despite her own hardships, Tracy is extremely passionate about being a positive role model for women, and I welcome her to the podcast to discuss the politics of confidence. Welcome, Tracy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited because this is such a topic that I'm really passionate about. Excellent. So in your early 20s, what career did you do and what did that teach you in terms of skills and a sense of confidence? So I always wanted to be an author. I mean, I've been writing since I could write. And uh, my parents convinced me in their wisdom to go to uni and get a degree even though I wanted to be an author. So I thought, well, the best degree for me would be something in copyright. And I was always drawn to marketing and, you know, digital copy when it, you know, kind of first started in the year 2000, 2001. So I decided to do a business degree and specialised in copywriting. And that way kind of it, it mirrored my interest back to being an author. Absolutely. And did, did copywriting end up being something that you found easy in terms of whether a lot of people doing it? Was your confidence something you needed to really get the jobs? How did confidence play into that career choice? Yeah, you know, I found it. I was always a go-getter. So I didn't care that people told me, you know, oh, that's a really hard career to get into. It doesn't pay well. You know, you should focus on other things. And I thought, but this is what I love doing. And I, I, want, I was always fixated on doing something I loved so it never felt like work. I never wanted a corporate role or a boardroom position or a C-level position. That was never my goals in life. My, my goal wasn't to make money. My goal was to be happy and do something that filled me up because that's what gives me the confidence. You know, I truly believe if you, you feel like you never have to work in a day, you don't have to try and be confident in it. It just comes naturally. Totally. So you do have two books under your belt these days. You've written The Goddess Within and Don't Mess with the Goddess. Great titles, by the way. I know. And now This Goddess Means Business because that just come, that came out too. So Excellent. Three books under <laughs> your belt, even better. And three is your lucky number. We just discussed that. So. <laughs> I guess with these books, why did you feel compelled to turn your copywriting, I guess, into books and, and that's a lot more substance to it? And what sort of confidence have you had to have to become an author where I always feel like having been through the process myself, all your ideas are exposed and everyone gets kind of, you know, criticized and scrutinized and 
it takes a certain amount of confidence to put that out there. Definitely. And, you know, everyone kind of, you know, says to you, I think women are the worst against women, by the way, that, oh, but, you know, X, Y, and Z have already written about this. You're, you're nothing new. Or, you know, what gives you the expert opinion to write about this? What makes you the person to write this? when there's hundreds of other women out there that could write or are writing, yes. you know, what makes you unique? And that goes through a confidence because I think all of us, no matter what business we have or what we do, there are competitors already out there doing perceivably bigger and better things than us. So who are we to do it? Do you know what I mean? We I do. But, like, there's already so many people doing it. Is there enough room for me? So I've kind of trained myself with you know, doing my own courses and my own reading and I love my TED Talks and all of that to get my mindset right, but there's abundance for everyone. You know, if they can do it, it actually, you can look on the flip side and if they can do it, then I can do it too. Absolutely. And that's the thing I think is the beauty of, of the world we live in. There is a lot of space for everyone to have a voice. And so I think it's just being, like you say, you know, persistent perhaps and also knowing what your messages are. You were also a tech-savvy marketing queen with thousands of Instagram followers and lots of readers of your media articles. How do you deal with the more difficult side of that when it comes to, say, trolls and haters online? I mean, that's the, that's the flip side of having to have this confidence that you also have to deal with. You're a human being and these things are happening to you. So how do you actually keep going, I guess? Yeah, I mean, the bigger the platform, and especially being on a reality TV show, gave me a much bigger platform. I mean, I've always had one, but it certainly amplified everything which meant that it amplified the love and the hate. It amplified my, my trolls and, and cyberbullying to, to an amount that, you know, to be honest, I'm still coping with. But I have to remember that there's so, so many people in this world who are not going to be for everyone. And the bigger the platforms means your tribe can find you easier through the noise. But with that comes the trolls and the negativity. So I think it's just focusing on what you can control which is your voice and what you want to put out in the world and ignoring the rest. That's very brave of you. So as a marketing expert who's been very successful in their field, you've created your own own online marketing program called This Goddess Means Business, Master Your Marketing, another fantastic (laughs) title. And it's really, what I love about it, Tracy, is that you're really helping others ignite their own business growth and their path. How confident have you been in the idea that your expertise can deliver results for others? Because sometimes what works for you may not work for others. How have you really packaged that up for people? So this is what's so hilarious is I've been doing this, you know, on my own for five years. I've been in marketing for 10 years and I find it a lot easier to market for others because I have no emotional attachment. I've got amazing results for my clients. Yes. And it's so funny that when it comes to myself, I really beat myself up and I find it really hard. Like I have my own marketing coach for my own stuff because I'm too, I don't know, I don't see my own blind spot. I'm too emotionally charged, which means sometimes I make fear-based decisions. But when I'm serving my client because I don't have those triggers, it's, I find it a lot easier to get results from my clients, 100%. It's funny how life works, right? Absolutely. Well, I find that I, I, my background is public relations and journalism, but to PR myself is a lot harder, like you say, because of yeah. the, the personal side of it. With the packaging of this particular, I guess, online business, what are you really hoping that others will get out of it? So what I found, and, and I wrote this course as a way because I've worked for marketing agencies and things like that where retainers are really high and just 
unachievable for women starting a side hustle business, but the principles are the same. But what I found is there's a lot of marketing books and marketing agency advice out there that just isn't realistic for small business budgets or, you know, the small business problems that we have because we have to wear so many hats. Yes. So I really refined this marketing course specifically for those women that have a side hustle or a small business with limited time, limited resources, limited, you know, money to, to put it where it matters. So that's my niche. That's what I've done because I just found that there wasn't that much information out there that was relatable. I mean, not all of us want to be the next boosters. Not all of us want to be the next red balloon days or a massive, you know, multi-million dollar corporation. A lot of us just want to replace full-time income with our own business. And that's what this marketing course is for. And so have you found that that's sort of been easy for you to achieve in terms of attracting people who trust your expertise and I guess, you know, take that leap of faith and sign up? Yeah, I mean... Being in marketing agency world as well, there's a lot of red tape and it's scary because you have to sign up for like 12 months on like five grand a month minimum retainers and sometimes we can't take those risks when we have a small business. So the way I work is a three-month minimum, a lot lower cost and I work on strategy because I know, you know what, most of us can implement our own marketing but what we don't have the foresight for or we can't see the blind spots when it comes to strategy and planning. And that's where I come in. I hope that after three months, my clients don't need me anymore. That's my goal. And you've done your job, which is excellent. And I've done my job. And you know what? Most people can implement all their own marketing. And totally. And, you know, that's where the costs add up, getting someone else to do it. So all I do is focus on what I'm good at, the strategy, and let them implement it. That sounds awesome. So you've achieved a lot in your life already. And I know that you've had some you know, difficult times as well. So the trauma of something like domestic violence and also facing cancer in your life must have had an ability to sort of knock your confidence down a bit. How have you kind of overcome that and felt positive about your future during those more challenging times? Yeah, it's, you know, it's really hard to be faced, you know. As a new mum, it was a cervical cancer scare. It was what's called SIN3. I had two operations to remove, to, to remove these SIN3 cells and you know, I was a new mum. It was when I was six weeks after giving birth. You know, it's a very traumatic time as a mother to, you know, give birth and have a new baby, let alone have to have an operation. Totally. And then, and then like two years later when my daughter was two to get divorced. At the age of 30 when, you know, I was with my ex-husband for nine years, that was all I knew for the whole of my 20s. It literally was starting again. And again, I think it's because I read a lot of self-development and do a lot of courses that, I had two decisions to make. I could either start again and see this as an opportunity for a new life or I could let it get the better of me and feel like a failure. They were my two options. I took the first one. (laughs) Absolutely. And did you find at that time you really had to find different tools in your toolbox though because you were, you know, facing stuff that was massive. I mean, they're all big things and I suppose it's, you know, how do you, you can read a self-help book, but is there other sort of things you've had to turn to, like exercise or other things that make you feel good about yourself or even, you know, maybe cutting out some toxic people in your life? You know, all the things that you need to do to make yourself feel strong, let alone confident. Is there anything that particularly stands out for you? Yeah, for me, I think everyone has a need for stability in our life. We all need to feel some level of stability in some area of our life to be able to deal with the change and the challenges. And when you go through a divorce, 
there's a lot of instability. You have to move house. You have, you know, for me, I had to get a job. I had to, you know, start again. I had to get new friends. But what I did have control over was the relationships that I had, you know, my skills, you know, everything like my fitness. There were some things that I could control. Definitely. So I chose to focus on the things that I could control while everything else kind of, you know, sorted itself out. I, it's like building a base, right? You have to get yourself right first before you can grow again. And, of course, you had your daughter to care for as well, so you couldn't really fall in a heap. Exactly. And that gave me massive strength because I'm like, you know what, I want to be the best role model I possibly can be for her. And sometimes you need to draw strength through something else externally. It's like it's not enough to do it just for you. But when you're doing it for something else, you have that extra drive and motivation. Totally. So I guess going on reality TV is a big move. I must admit, I'm someone who does public speaking and I run my own PR business, but I certainly don't feel like going on reality TV. I guess what did that teach you about confidence both inside and out? Because for a lot of us, TV is a visual medium. Your external appearance is there for all the world to kind of have comments on. And it was a show about getting married. So, you know, brides always want to look their best and all that sort of thing. So how important are the lessons you've learned through reality TV in your current sort of focus on confidence and what, what you want to do next? Yeah, so when signing up for it, you know, I was aware of the challenges and, again, you just you can't control how you're going to be edited, but I could control how I was on the show and I was myself and the biggest compliment I got from my friends and family that know me is, wow, that's you and that's all you can do and be. And I think that's a great lesson in life because I wasn't for everyone. You know, people didn't agree with my choices for just staying with Dean or, or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, I have to look at myself in the mirror and go to bed every night. So I just wanted to be true to myself. And I think that definitely came across that authenticity. And I think in business or, or anything in life, people know when people are being authentic, right? We do. We all do, yeah, and you just can yeah. tell. And you, I think as you get older, you get better at that too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, we're not for everyone. And, yes, reality TV, that was an interesting choice uh, for me to make, but no regrets. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are some of the things that make you feel confident no matter what these days? Again, I have really good routines and habits, and I write about this in my book. I call them my healthy habits. I choose to go to bed instead of looking at the trolls on Instagram watching an inspiring TED Talk. You know, I make sure I start my day with a little bit of exercise rather than, again, looking straight at my phone. You know, it's like setting yourself up for a positive day and going to bed with positive thoughts in your mind. They're two really important things that I can control every day no matter where I am in the world. And then from there, I just take control and limit the time I spend on external factors that I can't control, like the media and social media. Like, I focus on, right, this 30-minute bracket, twice a day or three times a day, I'm dedicating to that, and that's all all I'm doing. And I do the same, like, when I have a sad moment when I cry. I'm like, I'm only crying for 10 minutes, and then that's it. <laughs> that's excellent. So you really compartmentalise, I guess, how you use your time. And like you say, that's what you can control. The external stuff, you can't. And I think a lot of people in the public eye have, reiterated in the past in interviews I've read where they've talked about the fact that they just don't read what's written about them because half of it isn't true and how will it help help them and I totally can appreciate why that would be the case. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's overwhelming. I could spend all day, every day looking up comments and, and things like that. But And I, I talk about this in my book. It's about minding your own business. The more time every day you spend minding your own business, not your competitors, not what's out there, not what everyone else is doing on social media, which isn't the truth anyway, the happier and the more successful and more productive and fulfilled you're going to be. Now, we're not perfect. I am for 80% minding my own business a day, doing my own thing 80% of the day, 20% worrying about everything else. And, and Well, you're a human being. You would expect that. You know, you can't sort of be a robot about these things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm not perfect. <laughs> so have you had any special mentors or inspirational people that have guided you throughout life or at certain points in your life? And if so, who are they and what have they taught you? Yeah, I'm a massive fan. You know, the reason I became an author was actually reaching out to other authors I wanted to be like. And I was like, hey, I want to write this book. I would love your feedback. And I'm amazed when you reach out to people from a genuine place. How many people help you? I've done that in marketing, through internships when I was at university, for my books. And now I do the same. I get asked all the time to help others and I return the favor. I'm a massive fan of, you know, what comes around goes around. And um, just don't be afraid to reach out. You know, we can't do everything ourselves and you can grow exponentially just by, you know, collaborating and bringing other people on board to help you. And I even still have a business coach to this day that I chat to once a week just to go through things with. And have you found that you've had to change sort of mentors and coaches over the years? Because I must admit, personally, throughout my career, and I've been sort of working for over 20 years, I've had people at certain times or seasons in my business or career, and then that sort of has ended and I've found other people. So have you found there's been a multiple approach or have you stuck with the same person for a long time? No, I mean, I've stuck with some people like my spiritual mentor for a very long time, but others, you're right. I mean, it's just like friendships, right? People come into your life for a season, a reason or a lifetime. And sometimes you need one type of coach, you know, at that moment. And then it changes in a few years time. So you have to be willing to be flexible and adapt and you'll know. You'll know when it's right and when it isn't. Absolutely. So just to wrap up our conversation today, what would be your best tip for mastering the politics of confidence? My best tip would be own your truth, own who you are. And I think it all comes back to intention. And when you know that you're coming from a good place and coming from who you are in the world, whether that's in business or life, confidence, as I said, just comes naturally. It's not like a front or a mask that you have to put on I find like confidence is a mask you put on when you're trying to be something you're not. I say just own your truth. That would be my number one tip. That's great advice. If you do want to follow Tracy on social media, there will be some details on our show notes. You have been listening to The Politics of Everything. Until next time, keep well. Thanks for listening today. If you've enjoyed The Politics of Everything, we thrive on feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network and your friends and family. I'm also always on the hunt for fabulous new guests. So if you've got a view to share and an idea how to get our listeners excited, please email me at amber at bespoke comms, that's B-E-S-P-O-K-E-C-O-M-M-S dot com dot A-U and we'll be sure to get back to you. Until next time.